Hey, listeners. We love our visitors here on Hilton Head Island, but few visitors garner as much attention as the ones we're going to discuss today. Chip Michaelove joins us to talk great white sharks. Then we have so much fun getting to know the guys in Groovetown Assault and listen to their music. Welcome, y'all, to another episode of the Hilton Head Island cast, powered by Palmera. I am geeking out about today's episode. We have a local slash national celebrity with us, Chip Michaelove, who is famous now for his videos and his escapades with some very important visitors to our area, some sharks. Chip, welcome to the podcast. Well, that's quite an introduction. I don't know if I can live up to that. I appreciate it. <laughs> oh, you do. Come on now. <laughs> Shark Whisperer, maybe oh. we should throw that in there. Oh, gosh. That's good. My ego, when I leave here, is going to be awesome. i got to do this every day. <laughs> Just come on by. Well, you guys, I, I don't know. Listeners, if you have heard, if you have seen anywhere, I'm sure you have, around New Year's, Chip caught an amazing shark um just on new year's eve and had a video and it was picked up by some major networks yeah it was really crazy uh the one on new year's was our biggest of the year and uh we've hit quite a few but for some reason the one on new year's with it being in the dark it really it really took off yeah, it went national all the news affiliates so um it's great i mean it kept me up all all day and night with the <laughs> phone ringing and how are you dealing with all of this? Uh, do you just leave you. your phone on silent and yeah, attend to it when you can? I just want to skip it across the water every day. That's pretty much <laughs> what I want to do. But it's, uh, you know, as much as I complain, it's all—it's great for business. It's great for everybody. It, yeah. You know, all the overflow business I have, it goes to, you know, all my buddies and stuff. And so I'm just trying to, the iron's hot, so I just keep, you know, striking and, and uh, you know, want to keep it rolling. But, I mean, it was just a few years ago where I was begging for a phone call in the wintertime. You know, so I can't complain. <laughs> Too no, much. Right. I mean, oh my gosh. That was Fourth of July every week. You know? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> In the wintertime. I will also say, joining us again is our lovely Chris. Hi. I, was, I should oh. have gotten that in there. Yeah, Would well, you like to try that again? No, that's okay. okay. Never mind. It's so, okay. I just Chris I'm, is so also so excited I'm to so be in excited. on this. He has to have a mic. So yeah. I couldn't just run the recording software this time. Like I had to, I had <laughs> to play on. Huh? I'm so this is so excited. Excited. Hi, man. I'm honored. I really appreciate it. <laughs> well, so first off, tell us about your business, and we'll have all of the information for that in our show notes and on our website, okay. and ev- we'll inundate you with Make some sure more. Make sure that people give you money. Well, um, I'm a charter fisherman out of Hillnet Harbor. I've been there about 18 years, and uh, we fish for everything, redfish, cobia, tarpon, barracuda, king mackerel, and sharks. And I just happen to have a little bit of edge in the game, I think, when it comes to the sharks. And Mm -hmm. um, But uh, I grew up here on the island, you know, just uh, just like everybody else, partially here. I moved here when I was about 11, so I guess that's kind of maybe mm-hmm. a mix. And that's about like, when Chris moved oh, here, so yeah. Yeah, so I just, I moved here and thought, man, this is, it, this is beautiful. This is incredible. I'm from Kentucky, and as beautiful as Kentucky is, yeah. you don't have, you know, this side type mm-hmm. of critters though. swimming right. through yeah. and, and, and critters <laughs> living in lagoons, and so it was, it was heaven, and, and uh just became more and more obsessed with saltwater fishing and what mm-hmm. was out there. And of course my love for sharks and um, just really fascinated. And it just grew and grew and turned into a business. And the next thing I know, I'm, I'm you know, making a living doing this. And so it's, it's really a dream come true. And all this other stuff is just a bonus. So I'm, I'm really fortunate 
to be in these shoes, definitely. That is awesome. <laughs> that is, that so is I love Kentucky too, though. Oh, it's beautiful. My mom lives in Indianapolis, and every time we drive through Kentucky, I'm like, oh, it's so Yes, it is. But, but you know beach. what's not beautiful is that January, yeah. February, <laughs> where everything is miserable. It's yes. cold. Everything's dead. There's not a leaf on a tree. No, nothing. Everybody's miserable. I mean, it's 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 tough. Mm-hmm. It makes you appreciate. It. I go up a couple times a winter to see my dad, and every mm-hmm. time I go up, I just count the hours to get back home. I mean, <laughs> Flip flops. This yeah. is why people are so good at basketball in Kentucky. Because yeah, there's nothing yeah, to do nothing in the winter. To do. <laughs> nothing to do. Absolutely. That is awesome. Well. So you have been here. I would consider you to be a native if you've been here for that cool. long. Well, thanks. Um, <laughs> Chris gets to call himself one. So sure. <laughs> um, did you go to school to study any of this stuff? You know, I didn't. I was. Uh, I'm one of the thing. I, I really didn't. I just studied it on books, videos, online. I mean, I was constantly anything about sharks. I was on it. I was at Barnes and Noble studying it. Anything about yeah. fishing around here? Um, so I didn't. I didn't go to school. I don't have a degree. I just really just just pounded the books and That's really awesome. learned and hung on every single Passion word. Passion driven. It really. I was really motivated. And for example, when I was 20 years old, I used to go down to the marina and just turn the radio on the fishing channel, mm-hmm. and I used to listen to all the charter fishermen talk and just pick up on every little thing they said. Mm-hmm. And then one of my best friends was working at the Hofbra House. And that's where a few of them went. And I said, you got to ask Dennis this. You got to ask Stratty that. You got to, you know, just to put the puzzle together. And I didn't know what these guys looked like, but I knew their voices really well. And then it it finally, you know, I saw them at the boathouse or I would see them at Santa Fe Cafe. And I, you know, I I was looking at Michael Jordan, I felt like, you know, so excited to meet these guys. So it just, yeah, I was just obsessed and, and everything that was said to me, I've just absorbed and, and just stayed motivated and, and, uh, you know, stayed on it. And, um, and. The sharks really motivated me a lot. I just was so fascinated that we didn't have, everybody was thrilled with these three and four footers, but we had 10 foot, 12 foot tiger sharks yeah. in our sounds. And I became more interested in that and, and uh, really, really got that going with the business and advertised uh, s- some huge sharks. And I guarantee that I, I used to guarantee an eight foot shark on all my shark trips or it was free. And oh, I, I did that my That's... first three years just to get going. Yeah. But I was miserable. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was so unhappy. I was going at my stomach was turning the whole time. I mean, I just couldn't enjoy myself, but I yeah. needed to do it just to keep the business rolling and, right. and uh, keep keep people interested. And then once I kind of got the foundation set, I discontinued it just so I can enjoy myself and my ulcer would <laughs> yeah. stop bleeding. So, <laughs> so uh, not you good. had to have some major handle on where they would be. You know, it was really trial and error. I just, um, nobody told me Port Royal Sound was loaded. Nobody said Cowboy. I just oh, went yeah. out there and just started trying over and over, trying different locations, different bait. And mm-hmm. uh, and it happened with my buddies on the boat. We would get one and then I'd go back. And, and it, it, you'd figure out a pattern, a rhythm of, okay, in June on the incoming tide in this area, this seems like it's holding lemon sharks or this spot and this time of year is holding tiger sharks. So you start putting together a routine and, um, you know, just as obsessed as, as I was with it, I just yeah. kind of put it into my fishing business and said, all right, we're going to do this and we're going to get it done. Yeah. And, and uh, so it's worked out really well. That blows and, my mind. Just being able to anticipate nature. Oh yeah, that. it's it's wild. It, it's it's so Shark cool, and whisper. we're still learning. <laughs> well, I appreciate. It. But, but what's so cool is it, it's happened just recently. Like I've always been obsessed with great whites, mm-hmm. and I kind of take took the same philosophy as I'm obsessed. I'm gonna figure this out, and I'm gonna see a great before I die, a great white before I die off Hilton Head. And I just kept trying, try, ten years, twelve years of going out constantly, and everybody wanted to go, yeah. but. 
they only wanted to go once because when you're fishing for a great white, it's the most boring thing in the world. So <laughs> by the end of the time, I'm fishing by myself. It didn't take very long that I'm out. So I got my first one three years ago and I hooked it by myself. And when that thing started circling the boat, I swear, I almost had a heart attack. I was so scared. I think I even blacked out for a oh second. Oh, my gosh. That's how scared I was. I would have been like, I've slipping seen, out. I've seen like 15, 18, 1900 pound tiger sharks right here. But when you see a great white come up to the boat and it's swimming around and it's not scared of anything. No. And it's, it doesn't want the bait. It's looking at the boat. Yeah. And my heart just couldn't take it. So... Um, to make a long story short, I ended up hooking that thing. I fought it all day and night, and we lost it. Or oh. I lost it. And um, I thought it was luck, and I was thrilled that it happened. But then I went out again just to kind of test it. I went out three days later, which was Super Bowl Sunday, with uh, two good friends of mine, and it happened again. And then I was like, you know what? I think I got it. I think I got the spot. And then just going back again, then I'm like, all right, we missed. We didn't get one this time, but we got, got one that time. And just putting the puzzle together of, where they are during certain times of the year, water temperature, right. bait, water clarity, and now we're down to the point where we can get one, I think, every every trip out, which you is guys amazing. You got it down to a science. Because, you know, a few years ago, if you would have told me that we were getting one every trip out, I would, no way. Right. There's no, no way. Right. I mean, it's, it's impossible <sighs> off Hiltonhead, but... Um, so it's it's fascinating. Like I still can't believe this is this is happening, man. It's it's pretty cool. That's so awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot That's of fun. So great. So did you have to go through like a permitting process or something to be able to you know there's catch a, and tag these? You know, I I started fishing for these, um, and I didn't tell a lot of people because the legalities of it. You know, right? The, they don't want people fishing for great whites. This is a, this is a protected. It sounds species. like a dangerous thing if you don't know what you're doing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's a protected species in most parts of the world, right. and okay. in South Carolina. There's a gray area. There's not a lot of mm. a lot of laws here that that define what's about the great whites because they didn't think they were here, I guess. And so, um, but it was a simpler time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> when so, they swam in the water. So it was. Uh, um, so I kind of kept it, and then I got in touch with um, uh, uh, the top great white scientists in Massachusetts or in the in the country, which is Dr. Scomel. And uh, these guys are Einstein's. They're, they they really know what they're doing. This guy named John Chisholm up there, he's he's brilliant. Um, mm-hmm. So I started working with them, and and they started sending me tags and said, "We're going to put you on a permit, and we're going to make it legal for you to do this." And, and oh uh, my goodness! So yeah, I just I mean it's yeah absolutely send anything down. I'll do whatever I can. So I mean it's it's awesome to live uh, a dream, but it's, it's pretty cool to also help science and help people mm-hmm. understand, especially scientists understand the migration and you know, what we can do to help these sharks and, and, right. uh, and so forth. So it's, I mean, I'm still learning, they're still learning. It's, but uh, I mean, the knowledge we've gained or I've gained at least in the last couple of years is just, I can't, I mean, it's amazing what's swimming out there. I was blown away that we have the tiger shark fishery we do. I mean, yeah. that stands alone. I mean, our tiger shark fishery might be the best in the world. And now we're talking about wow. great whites in our, I mean, it's just, yeah. wow. And I mean, wait, how much time do we have? I can keep going. <laughs> keep going. <laughs> just keep going. Keep I mean, going. Our, our tiger shark fishery is, I, I really don't know another place in the world where you can catch tiger shark after tiger shark after tiger shark in the same day this close to shore where you can just go roll right through them. And yeah. I'm not talking 200 pound sharks. We've got sharks out there well over a thousand pounds. 
Our, our state record is 1,780 pounds. I mean, it's- Whoa, for a tiger shark? For a tiger shark. And it held the world record for many, many years. Australia finally broke it, I think about 10 years ago. That's um, incredible. By like, only by five pounds. But it's there's another one out there that's of that size, but nobody wants to kill one, you know, that big. I mean, yeah. you're a 50, 60 year old fish. So, yeah. oh, um, don't so do our it. tiger shark uh, uh, fishery is really is, is amazing. But then you throw the great whites mm -hmm. out there as well. It's, yeah. I mean, people don't realize it because we don't have any attacks. So people don't open their eyes to it. Right. Um, Thank but they're, but they're out the there. Lord. <laughs> <laughs> And we probably, yeah, I probably right, need to. I mean, this, let's, for for our vacationers who, that's our audience, is people yeah. who live out of town. You know, when they that's come, really important. They can, they can still swim in the water and feel safe, right? Like, you're miles and miles and miles off. Oh, shore. I'm at least 200 yards off the beach. I mean, <laughs> nothing I to worry about. Nothing to worry about. <laughs> it's, the, the truth is, South Carolina has never had a fatality. We've right. never had any major bites. And all these bites... I read about in Florida, South Carolina, and Georgia. I just kind of laugh at it because they always blame the tiger shark or the bull shark. It's not. It's the black tip. And these black tips aren't that big. These, right. If we had bull shark attacks, tiger shark attacks, we'd have fatalities. We don't have right. any fatalities. Mm -mm. We have a little bite, a little run, five stitches or a scratch, and they're gone. Um, where Australia, they have fatalities. California has fatalities. Mm -hmm. There's some places in Florida that get an attack every two weeks, like that new Smyrna. They're yeah. the shark yeah. capital of the, of the world. Um, so, I mean, there's places, South Carolina is very low on the totem pole as far as, uh, as far as dangerous areas okay. to swim. So right. you're, you're, the chances of getting hit by a jellyfish or a stingray are much, much greater. And shuffle and, uh, your feet. That's what we feet. learned. Shuffle your feet. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, and vinegar and water and jellyfish. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. We, yeah. They're, and besides they're here when it's colder and right. then when it warms up and people are swimming here, they're gone up to New Jersey and off New the York, coast Massachusetts. There. And I tell everybody, you know, if you're swimming out in January, it's natural. So you, you need to be eating. If you're out there's something wrong with you. The words expressed by our guests on this show do not necessarily <laughs> represent our sponsors, host or anybody else. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. You're fine, you're fine. That's to swim hilarious. Out there anytime. Oh my um, gosh. You know, there's plenty of people that swim in the winter. These Canadians come down, they'll swim out 100, 200 yards. And these sharks, I'll tell you, this is something that's so amazing. You know, I, there's one thing between tiger sharks, bull sharks, black tips. They're not the brightest of the animals. I mean, they're they're smart fish, but right. a great white is so intelligent. They know exactly what they're doing. They'll come in, and only about half of the sharks that I see are we, are, we're hooking. They'll smell the chum. They'll come right up the back of the boat. Very, very slow. It's not like a tiger or bull that just zips in, really erratic, aggressive. A great white comes in so slow, almost like a manatee. I mean, just so slow. Whoa. They swim around the boat. They check it out. They just want to see what's going on. And even though with all that chum in the water, a lot of times they just swim away. Just completely not interested. They're that intelligent where they're like, you know what? This isn't right. We're going to move on. It is amazing. And then other ones pick up the bait. And they, they pick up the bait and they take off. And they're so smart where they they figure out what's going on and how to get loose. They'll come back at the line, back at the boat, and chomping up the line to try to free themselves. I've never seen another animal do that. They'll go out two or 300 yards and start doing barrel rolls just to, you know, just trying yeah. to get loose. Where a tiger shark or bull shark or lemon, they're not going to do that till the end of the fight at the end, you know, boat side. But these great whites are so... Uh, 
are so intelligent. They've they've actually you know they actually understand the process. They understand what's going on. So right. um, you know that's why I don't think we have any attacks. You know Massachusetts has a lot of sharks up there. They don't have any attacks either. I mean right. these sharks are swimming right next to people. I guarantee. Some of these sharks have swam by people in the wintertime down here, whether it be South Carolina or Georgia. We've never had an attack. Never. So they, they understand. They know what's going on. They We're not on the menu for them. And I mm-hmm. think just that, that the, the, the past has proven that, you yeah. know, just with the amount of uh, shark attacks that we, we, we have. I mean, yeah. it just doesn't. I don't even know if we've ever had one in the winter, much less, you know, anything serious. So. Yeah. Hey guys, we want to take a quick break and remind you to subscribe and review this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcast. That's how other people find out about us and learn more about our amazing island. I bet you're even listening to this podcast dreaming of lounging on the beach with your toes in the sand in a cool breeze ruffling the pages of a good book in your hands. Why don't you make that dream a reality? Head over to palmeravacationclub.com to find out how vacations were meant to be. So I would love to know what your process is when you hook one of these big sharks. Um, You know, number one thing is I want to make sure the shark is okay. You mm-hmm. know, my nightmare is something bad happens to the shark, whether oh, it yeah. gets tangled in something on the boat, the anchor line, something happens and it kills it. I don't want that. Oh. I'd rather not fish at all than know that I'm harming these fish. Right. I mean, this is rare there's, you know, so I, these fish are old. Some of these sharks, you know, they tell me are 60, 70 years old. Oh I mean, my uh, gosh. I, I mean, I don't want to, you know, so I don't oh. want to do any damage, you know, from these things. So, um, gosh, I can just ramble on about anything. Um, so the process is we get these animals up and we hook them and we get them to the boat and mm-hmm. I put a tag in them. I have three different types of tags and if we can put all three in, we do. But if they're not cooperating, which some are, they have different personalities. Mm-hmm. Some are jerks. Some are nice. Some are like, yeah, yeah whatever. I'm here. I've, you know, I've got half a tarpon in my belly and I'm, I'm fine with anything really you do. <laughs> so, and other ones are really, really angry and they're biting the boat and they want to get out of there. And I can tell that let's just get one tag in this one and let it go. Or let's not even put a tag in it. Let's just try to get a picture of it or try to get the hook out and let's let it, let's get it going here. Yeah. Now with the tiger sharks and all, all of our other black tips, I'm a little more aggressive. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I still show a lot of caution around them, but with the great whites, I think I'm, I'm more thinking about what's best for them just because I really don't. I mean, my nightmare is one of these, one of these things dies. I mean, I, oh. I don't want that to happen. I'm on the these, guilt of you know, that I mean, would yeah, be I mean, I would. so I mean, I, bad. I mean, I kill a lot of, I kill grouper, I kill trigger fish and barracuda, king mackerel, that sort of thing. But, you know, these sharks are so important to our ecology. I mean, these Absolutely. are the, the hyenas. These are the lions of the ocean. These are the fish that are thinning out the dead, the the weak, the diseased. I mean, they're, right. they're re- really, really we important. We need them. So, yeah, we really do. And people don't realize how important they are. They're the ones that uh, clean up all the problems and stuff. So, um, and plus they're, they're my cherry tree. You know, I get paid to go fish. I'm <laughs> yes. chopping down my cherry tree. Uh-uh. Here. So uh, I always take good, good care of the sharks around here. But um, yeah, the process is we know. just we just try to get them up close and get some tags in or whatever we can do, depending mm-hmm. on the situation. And then right. and then we get them going. But I try to get the hook out of them too. I, I push yeah. the nose up, depending on you know their personality. I, I push the nose up and I've got a de-hooker. And depending on where the hook is, then we just pop the hook out and push him on his way and awesome we've never had a fatality all the sharks are pinging so that's awesome and have you've gotten to name two of them you know what it's it's really that it was one of my favorite parts of when it first started when i started tagging the tiger sharks i um i was thinking what awesome names we you know we could we could think of and uh you know we could name one after this person and that person so many 
people that are important to whether it be the state or to our lives, you know, somebody right. affected us. So it was kind of cool to say, hey, guess what? I've got a shark named Ev. You know, it's, it's pretty yeah. cool. So um, all the sharks go in a database with a name. And, okay. uh, you know, some of these people that I've actually named, they don't even know it. I, I, <laughs> I, I forgot to tell them. But um, I've named them everything from uh, named one after my mom. I mm-hmm. named one after uh, 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 the first satellite tagged one here in, in the state. I named Miss Carolina. That was a little right. eight uh-huh. and a half, nine foot great white. And that one actually just came up. It went down to Daytona and just came back up awesome. to to, uh, to our area just the other day. Yeah, I think we saw a post about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that one's uh, which is which is so cool. I mean, I, I was telling the guys who were with me, how awesome is it sitting there? We're working on an animal that that the state, uh, you know, we've we've never seen here before. We put a transmitter on this thing. It goes down the Daytona Beach for a couple of weeks. Now it's coming back. It came back to our region. Now it's not right off Hiltonet. It may be right now, but just yeah. two days ago, it was pinging right off Georgia. Just, um, I think it was about uh, 15 miles off Georgia. Um, so it's, it's it's just, it's fascinating where these animals go that one day they're here and the next day they're yeah. in Florida or, or the Keys or wherever they be. So they are fast it, travelers. It is. They are really fast travelers. It, it completely different than the tiger sharks. The tiger sharks kind of stick around. But yeah. the great whites, they cover a lot of ground. One day they're all Charleston. The next day all Hilton Head. The next day they're all Florida. They, they're moving Do around. Do they stay in pods i don't even know what you would call that do they stay in groups no they're solo unless they find something huge to feed on let's say oh, if there's a dead whale if there's uh-huh. a dead whale out there all the all great whites are going to go to okay. it and they're going to start circling so but then as soon as they're full they kind of branch they're out off and on do their, their own. own thing yeah that's cool yeah well i have got to ask you to tell me a great story and i i know i read one on your website oh yeah that was really incredible would you retell that one or tell it tell oh, us one gosh. of your favorite Pick your poison fish. i've got some crazy oh my gosh I, think I could tell more stories about my customers than i can the fish he is a fisherman yes right and that's what fisherman you, you guys are known for telling stories yeah yeah, yeah. Like, I, your stories are fascinating and true. Right. 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 Like well, my wait. brother's stories, I'm not really sure. Oh, Jeff, did you we just you. hear that? He threw you under the bus. We love you, Jeff. <laughs> well, um, I'll tell you, I've, I've, I've been so fortunate to have such cool experiences on the water, but I've also been very unfortunate to have a lot of maniacs on the boat as well. You know, I've, I've, I've had some cases where, um, I'll tell you one while, my dad, well, I'll just, I'll, I'll have to, I'll, t- I'll keep it PG here. I had one group on the boat that um, they got so inebriated. We caught about a nine foot tiger shark, 10 foot tiger shark. And we're in the sound and it was blazing hot that day. And after we released the shark within five minutes, they wanted to get in the water. I said, no, you can't get in the water. You can't do it. They jumped in the water and started swimming around the place. Oh, we're right in the middle of this. You know, this shark hole that's that's notorious for oh my gosh. You know, the largest man eaters in the world and these yeah. guys are, are swimming around. So, you know, you deal with the both the positive and the and the, and the great things. You know, and like mm-hmm. you said, you know, some of the cool things I mean, I've taken people out that um you know, you know, that will tell you this is the best day of their life. This is the, mm-hmm. the coolest thing they've ever witnessed. I'm thinking, wow, this is this is so awesome to be a part mm-hmm. of that. I mean, some of my best memories in my life are when I'm fishing with my dad when I was six years old on the yeah. boat. You know, I remember that so well. So to do it again and see the same thing, that's I mean, it's it's really cool to, to hear the same things that, wait a second, I, that's the same way I felt. Yeah. When uh, so it's I don't know it's uh, gosh yeah but pick your poison I, I think I could tell you anything <laughs> bad and good some things that have happened um, 
Yeah, it's been it's been amazing, and, and you know it's it's still we're just scratching the surface, like with all these sharks and stuff. It's, yeah, it's really cool. I'm I. Uh, what websites wait. would you us uh, or apps or whatever? Where would you point people if they want to learn some more about learn sharks more. or um, you know, anything? The, I tell you the the white shark, the Atlantic White Shark Conservancy. They're based out of um, Massachusetts. Okay, they're really really they're really really intelligent with all this stuff. They're up to date. Follow them on Facebook. Follow me on Facebook at Outcast Sport Fishing. Um, mm-hmm. Gosh, you can. I'm trying to think of where else. I mean, I'm constantly. I'll tell you something really cool uh, that I've always looked at is a website called UnderwaterTimes.com. Oh. You can go to that and it picks up all the news feeds of anything in the ocean, whether it be uh, whales. Um, uh, it even has a thing for crocodiles, sharks. Any anything in the ocean, it picks up stories, uh, scuba diving, it, just major stories. And yeah. So I check that out probably every few days and just see what's going on around the world okay. and, and stuff. Um, but uh, you know, there's so much information on YouTube and yeah. internet. I mean, you could literally spend three weeks and you're still just not even getting really into the depths of a lot of things. So there's so right. much information. But um, you can follow the the uh, sharks that we catch on an app called Sharktivity. Mm-hmm. That's uh, it's a free app and. We have one great white on there right now, and hopefully we'll have maybe one or two more this winter. And, awesome. And, uh, and yeah. then Miss Carolina is the one that's on there? Miss Carolina is the okay. one that's on there right now, and, and I'm always checking to see if yeah, she's painting and stuff. And and, uh, oh, um, and it's so cool because, you know, that was – she's a juvenile, but we've got monsters. I mean, we've got three 4,000-pound great whites out there on a regular basis. You know, a lot of people – keep going on and on about Mary Lee. Well, Mary Lee isn't even that big. I mean, there's yeah. 5,000. These guys out of Massachusetts that I work with, um, the, the Dr. Scomel and, and his crew there, they're tagging five, some over 5,000 pounds. Oh um, my god! Could you imagine 5,000 pound great white? I mean, 3,500 oh, pound great white is huge. I mean, yeah. what I saw on New Year's Eve, that's our largest one this, this, uh, this winter. Couldn't believe my eyes. I mean, this thing was enormous. But to think there's sharks out there almost twice that size. Oh, oh my god! Mind blowing. I don't know if I want any part of that. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, you will need a bigger boat. <laughs> yes. Oh, there oh, I did it. I'm sorry. I did it. Time. You had to do it. You I had to do it. I couldn't walk it's away. Ridiculous. I... Oh my god. Forgive me. <laughs> Forgive well, me. Chip, thank you so much for coming in. Oh, it's my pleasure. And sharing You're all me? of this. Oh my gosh, I could ask you questions all day long. I uh, know. This I is so good. This and I love I love that touching on the ecology stuff mm-hmm. and saving these big awesome animals that we should not be afraid of. Yeah, yeah. It's thanks for having me. I mean, this is great. I'll come back anytime. Awesome. So but before you go, tell us again, and we'll put it all in the show notes. But tell us again how people can find you and how they can give you money. Um, well, give me money. Gosh, you can just write it. I, I don't know. Can, people can like book your charter fishermen. Um, so. Yeah, I'm with. Uh, you can follow me through Outcast Sport Fishing on Facebook, on Instagram. I'm even on Twitter. Gosh, bless your um, heart. Yeah, you know it's it's yeah. I don't, I'm not sure about that. But it, it, um, so I'm on the two main social media websites, and you can bug me. You know, I run charters. I fish for everything. I, uh, okay. You know, I don't fish for anything that's crazy. That I don't. I always tell people we fish for what's available, whether it be redfish or tarpon, whatever's hot. We're going after it. Mm-hmm. If you love sharks, well, let's go get a big shark and you know put a tag in it. So um, you can reach me at eight four three two nine zero zero three seven one, or you can go to my website at outcastfishing.com. Perfect. Awesome. Yeah, yeah thanks, Thank guys. you, Chip, again. This was oh, no, so this great. fantastic. This yeah. And Chris, thank yes. you again for joining us. Oh, man, this is so much fun. Thanks for the <laughs> microphone. <laughs> You're welcome. Guys, stay tuned to hear another great local music segment powered by Palmera. Today's guests are Groovetown Assault 
and listen as we cram the most amount of guys into the tiniest office ever. Today we are joined by Groovetown Assault, a local awesome band here. You guys introduce yourselves. Corey Bratsky. Derek Ludaway. Dallas Ackerman. Brian Eason. And there's also (laughs) Sammy Pasalukas, Frank Weber, and Billy Martini. (laughs) We couldn't quite fit everyone in here. How long, tell me about your band. How long have you guys been together? What, do you have a little story there? This is this is our fifth year uh, right now, and uh, it all started at an open mic night out in Okatee. Oh wow! Uh, Tailgaters. So okay. That was a pretty cool event. We got uh, we we had already had a, a little thing going on post for the program that was uh, on on the island when Remy's was open and some of the other places we play there. Yeah. And um, yeah, it turned into us going out to this open mic night. Uh, with our with our little crew and meeting up with their little crew and it was nice. like a Brady Bunch, <laughs> heavy metal Brady Bunch. Oh, awesome! <laughs> that is great. Well, Dallas tell is me, Alice. Yeah, <laughs> Dallas is Alice for sure. <laughs> <laughs> tell me about the first song you guys are going to play for us. Uh, Google was actually the first song we all wrote together. Um, it was just kind of a jam that. Uh, turned into a full-fledged song by everybody chipping in, and that was when we realized that nice. we need to not just cover, and we we were yeah. starting to write songs. Awesome. Yeah, came along and cleaned up for us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's hear that one. I arose, put on the radio to keep me company as I drove So I got to work about ten minutes late My boss said, Corey, get your priorities straight He says the news, paper told me the economy breaks We'll lose paper in our wallets because got full of waste I went home, had about an hour to kill I cooked up a TV dinner, I devoured the meal Then I grabbed the Coca-Cola, started quenching my thirst Staring at the Google logo, I had nothing to search I went home about an hour to kill I cooked up a TV dinner I devoured the meal Then I grabbed the Coca-Cola Started quenching my thirst Staring at the Google logo I had nothing to search Staring at the Google logo I got nothing to search Woo! 
learned about how media powers at each and every one of us unless we live underground. I start to wonder how I can avoid all this communication. The accumulation of information consuming nations. I'm losing patience, commercials constantly advertising, advertisements advocating apathy. Would it be tragedy? Not watch TV or read a magazine. I can live a day without media surrounding me. I'm home at about an hour to kill. I cooked up a TV dinner, I devoured the meal. Then I cracked the Coca Cola, started crunching my thirst. Staring at the Google logo, I had nothing to search. I went home at about an hour to kill. I cooked up a TV dinner, I devoured the meal. Then I cracked the Coca Cola, started crunching my thirst. Staring at the Google logo, I had nothing to search. Quenching my thirst, staring at the Google logo, I got nothing to search. I went home, had about an hour to kill. I cooked up a TV dinner, I devoured the meal, and I cracked the Coca Cola. Started quenching my thirst, staring at the Google logo, I got nothing to search. I went home, had about an hour to kill. I cooked up a TV dinner, I devoured the meal, and I cracked the Coca Cola. Started quenching my thirst, staring at the Google logo, I had nothing to search. I went home. Tell me who are your your musical influences? Minor everyone. Anybody's. Because I'm always looking for new music well, to listen I, to. So I say me and Brian come from the more of the hip hop scene. Uh-huh. DJ B Easy and C Vision coming around. <laughs> but uh when it comes to that, I feel like uh Derek has more of a R and B background mm-hmm. with his churchy voice. And churchy voice. Sammy is more of the heavier guy, like with music style. <laughs> And, and Dallas too. And Dallas as well. Billy's more like punk rockish, like Blink One Eight Two kind of guy. All right. We have our Mexican reggae bass player. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of fits it all together. Reggaeton. <laughs> <laughs> You're just a well-rounded melting pot of music. We try, yes. That's awesome. We like the USA of bands. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Perfect. Perfect. That is awesome. <laughs> where where can people find your information? Where what's your web? Do you have a website, Facebook page, an app? What have you got? We have all of the above. We have grooptownassault.com, Facebook slash grooptownassault, Instagram slash grooptownassault. Right. You can get us on pan, our 
Spotify, iTunes, iTunes, iTunes every Google Music, music anything. It's there. iHeartRadio. You've got it all Amazon. covered. It's like 50 different places. It should That's be. awesome. It should be. But on the website, there is a link to Spotify. You can listen to that. Album. Okay. Also, they, they play us on 106.1 on Sunday nights at Underexposed. Thank you, Ryan. Nice. Awesome. awesome. Well, listeners, we're going to have all that information in the show notes and, and uh, listed on the blog so you can make sure to get connected to that, buy some music, support Groovetown Assault. Tell me about the second song. Second song. That's more Derek. <laughs> that song, uh, We it was kind of an accident. We were practicing some other things, and uh, Billy started playing a riff, and... Uh, I just started singing. It wasn't really written. It just kind of happened. And luckily enough, we had uh, been recording. Uh, so if you go on to YouTube, you can uh, check out some of the some of the original things that we did uh, there too, and how the songs came about, and uh, awesome. all that stuff was kind of captured. So it was cool to see um, the beginning of it and what it turned into because it they definitely have evolved uh, yeah. into better songs we, we are, we're more proud of them uh, now than what they were before but that's kind of with everything and, and on our album we used uh, the four songs that we had kind of written along the way and mm-hmm. then we wrote four songs in the studio nice. so you can kind of tell the growth uh, between those kind of jammy uh, and, and wherever songs versus yeah. the really calculated uh, thought out you know mm-hmm. studio recorded songs awesome tell me the name of this one uh, Make Love alright let's hear it Under the stars 
short We're on a roll, girl towards people who come here to visit, to vacation. So give us a tip for our listeners. Someplace they should eat, something you think they shouldn't miss. Uh, depending on what time of year you come here, uh, definitely makes a big difference. There's some some really awesome new places uh, yeah. uh, up the creek and fish camp, uh, down on the water, mm-hmm. uh, Charbar, definitely. Uh, you got to go to the Triangle when you come here at least once for Absolutely. the weekend. A party, there's DJs, there's plenty of stuff there uh, to do for everybody. Uh, Food-wise, uh, there's a there's a few super staples, uh, but the main ones are, are right there on the street, so you don't really have much to look for. But the ones that you can go back and find, like Ruby Lee's and, uh-huh. and places like that, oh, that yeah. are kind of hidden gems and, uh, that not a lot of people know about. So yeah. you definitely have to figure out... Uh, Fat figure babies. out an itinerary fat babies mm-hmm. for sure get some good pizza mm-hmm. uh just it's all it's all about it's all about what you want but uh definitely don't go to don't go to carabas and stuff when you show up here go yeah. go get some real food and, and figure out what's going on because you can get carabas right. at home carabas is our place that's where we go <laughs> 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 i don't want to see a tourist in there at all <laughs> wait three hours for a table uh-uh. Really hidden gems and stuff. We don't play <laughs> 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 Fiesta Fresh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Fiesta Fresh is for the for the off season. Oh, yeah, Bamboo on Monday nights. We're playing there throughout yeah, the summer. Yeah. If you're here That's for that, definitely something to check out. Excellent. Tell me, yeah, give us where you play, where people um, can find you. 
we will play anywhere that you can make them pay us. So that yes. really works out easily. Um, so if you see a place where there is some music, we probably will play there. Okay. Uh, in one form or another, whether we break down to three or we bring all seven, uh, there really isn't a venue that we don't touch on the island. Uh, not purposely. Okay. <laughs> so we try to cover them all. I mean, Tiki Hut is obviously one of our favorite places Tiki to play. Hall, yeah, boardroom. I mean, Boardroom yeah, is amazing. Okay. Big Bamboo, our bar in Bluffton. Yeah, we're we're trying to we're trying to get everywhere. Uh, and shout out to Tanya and Brandon for getting best uh, bartenders out there. Our bar, Woo! for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, that's a we're definitely mercenaries when it comes to music. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for coming in and for sharing your music with us, listeners. Please make sure that you check out Groove Town Assault. Thanks, guys. You're welcome. Thank you. Any more questions? Please grab us. <laughs> <laughs> Meet us at our table. Thanks for listening to another awesome episode of Hilton Head Island Cast, powered by Palmera. Thanks again to Chip Michaelove for his awesome information about the great white sharks and all the other wonderful creatures in our sea here. And also, big shout out and thank you to Groove Town Assault for sharing their music with us. Make sure you guys review and like and subscribe to this podcast so others can learn about our great island and tell your friends. You never know, they might want to love us too. If you have something you'd love to share about Hilton Head or a band you think we should listen to or any other crazy information, make sure you send an email to me, mandy at hiltonheadislandcast.com. <laughs> <laughs>